Hello and welcome back to After the Whistle Sports Podcast for another af- episode of Across the Country in College Football. We are still in the Pac-12, uh, and today we're going to be going over the Arizona Wildcats, one of the teams that personally I'm looking forward to, to watching how they play. They've got the uh, little bit of like a like a Michigan light sort of deal over there um, with Jed Fish, uh, who I think was the offensive line coach and OC under Harbaugh for one year. Um, those guys all kind of mixed together. Him and Drevno are like the same person, but, um, Jed Fish really turned, turned this program around, which, I mean, after Rich Rod was there, they were having some troubles, but, um, last year they, they ended up winning, what is it? Five games. Uh, I believe their yeah, win total they were was five and seven. Yeah. Their win total is three and a half last year. And, and I remember I did one of these types of episodes before last season. And I said, guys, Arizona will win more than four games. Um, because I really think the the talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball, is good enough in the Pac-12 to at least put up 30 points a game against the top of the league. So with that being said, let's go right into um, kind of off-season stuff, season recap. Uh, they were very impacted by the transfer portal. Jonathan, I don't know if you want to talk about either the, the incoming guys or the outgoing guys, but what stood out to you from this offseason? Yeah, I think the outcoming guys are the guys that people are going to note. They lost two guys to USC in both Dorian Singer and Christian Roland Wallace, who will probably be all Pac-12 guys at USC. Singer, I don't think was all Pac-12 la- last year, but he definitely should have been considering he was Arizona's best receiver. But losing two guys like that like is expected i guess if you're in an arizona type program um but at the same time like this offense should still be pretty electric next year i know this was a, i know you mentioned it but this was a team you told me last summer to kind of, you kind of thought they were going to be better than expected and and they were um this year the schedule's tough they they did bring in a ton of transfers but i'm not sure that it outweighs what they lost. Yeah, and and talking about the transfers a little bit more, um, the defensive end of the ball was really a question mark last year, and that honestly like would lose them games because there there were some games where they were playing, they put up forty points at home and still lose, mm-hmm. and that that is pretty um, unacceptable if you're trying to win, get to the, to the seven, six, seven, eight wins. You you need to be able to get some stops and. This offseason really didn't do them any favors, but uh, they did bring in some guys on the defensive line. Uh, they brought in um, – I'm just going to go through the full list here. Bill Norton, uh, defensive lineman out of Georgia. Uh, he didn't really play much, but, uh, I mean, like – It's Georgia. It's tough to yeah, get it, it, they, they needed, like, got, they needed like warm bodies, honestly, mm-hmm. to put out there. Yeah. Um, they ended up getting Taylor Upshaw. Um, who played for Michigan uh, for a few years as a, as a depth piece, transferred Colorado, transferred from Colorado to Arizona. So mm-hmm. um, he, he's a guy that, that is at least like a Pac-12 level talent. Um, and then they, they brought in a, a CEO, Nofoa Gatotoa. From Indiana. From Indiana. Um, this is like, I think every team in the Pac-12, I'm going to butcher a name. Yeah, so, I mean – Hopefully the goal is once I get to the ACC, I'm like nailing all of these, but <laughs> that was a tough one. Um, the secondary though is going to be a weakness. I think yet again, 
it lost a lot of guys. Um, you mentioned Christian Roland Wallace went to USC, who was by far and away their best defensive back, maybe their best defensive player um, from last year at all. And they're, it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they were like a bend, don't break type defense where they let up a lot of yards, but they also had one of the worst red zone defenses. So they were just not good. Yeah, they, they didn't allow like a ton of big plays, but like didn't get stops either. So like, I know this is something that they mentioned on, on cover three a lot that like, if you bend, don't break, but then break, it like doesn't matter. Like you're still giving up points. Yeah. Um, but from the linebacker front, they did bring in Justin Flo um, from Oregon, a guy who is talented, talented. Yeah. Um, kind of up and down in his career was, was a former five-star prospect coming out of high school, but at least like he'll bring you some, some speed. Um, they need guys who can just make plays on the defense. Yeah, they do. And flow will do a nice flow can do a nice job kind of filling running gap, running gaps. And with the thing is, we just don't know what Justin flow we're getting. Are we getting the kid that was a no doubt five-star beast, super athlete in high school, or are we getting the kid at Oregon that struggled to get good, get good reps and get on the field. So yep. there's and a reason like, went from Oregon to Arizona. Yeah. And I don't want to focus too much on kind of like the, the transfer situation. Cause I know that Arizona does have some young guys who were, they were expecting to make, to make some jumps. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of look at just how young this team is as a whole. I mean, they're projected depth chart of the defense, got a lot of sophomores, redshirt sophomores. So you can't really say that they're going to be worse than last year without seeing how these guys fit in, but it's, it's hard to imagine that they're going to be much better than, than what they were. And I think that's why we see the cap in their win total um, kind of before we go into their offense. Yeah. Um, I think the win total is where it's at because of their schedule, not because of who they're actually putting on the field. Like, like you said, I don't think they're worse than they were last year, but it's just one of those things where we can't say they're worse or they're better until we actually see how these guys fit fit in because they do have so many moving moving parts. Yep. Um, now let's go into the offense, uh, the fun part of this episode because this is a really good offensive unit. They were good last year. They bring back quarterback Jane Delora, um, who's just very hyper efficient. Threw for three thousand six hundred eighty yards last year. Um, with 25 touchdowns, he did have 13 interceptions. So mm-hmm. that's kind of something you hope can be alleviated kind of as he gets more reps, as he gets more experience, but um, they are like a true air raid, throw it around the field offense. Uh, and they yeah. have the wide receivers and weapons to get away with it. Jacob Cowling, um, one of the best young wide receivers in the pack 12. I remember I talked about him last year uh, as a guy who was going to break out. And he's just got all the talent in the world. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt that he's a future NFL guy um, at some some capacity. But they lost um, Dorian Singer to USC, uh, their top receiver from last year. And again, like that's just what you're going to have to live with if you're going to be one of these mid-tier Power 5 teams in the transfer portal era. You're going to lose guys, but... Um, they also have uh, Tutoria McMillan, who got a lot of reps last year as well, who, who should be stepping into an even bigger role 
So I really like this wide receiver unit, probably top maybe five in the Pac-12, I would say, which is very good. Um, and then one more thing I want to mention uh, is Michael Wiley at running back, who is personally one of my favorite, most underrated running backs in college football. Um, ran for about 6.8 yards per carry last year for a total of 770 yards. He's splitting carries with DJ Williams, who's also going to be back um, as a grad transfer. So they're going to have a really solid running game um, to kind of complement Jaden Delora and the passing attack. So I, I'm very excited about what they can do. Now, offensive line is another one of the, the, the things you want to look at. I thought they weren't that bad last year. Um, they return a lot of their guys, which is great. But there's still a, a question of depth, uh, especially in like the transfer portal era. Yeah, um, just to touch on everything you just said, I, I like Jaden Delora a lot. Um, he's not the most accurate quarterback in the world, but he's not afraid to make mistakes. He, he's going to take shots. And when, when your defense is as bad as it was, I, I think that's probably something you need to do more often than not is, is try to get those big hitters and get and, and get points, which is what Arizona tried to do last year. They just tried to outscore everyone because they knew they wouldn't be able to get a stop against most teams in the Pac-12. Receiver room, obviously very good. McMillan's a big play waiting to happen. Jacob Cowling is just a very well-rounded guy that will be all Pac-12 at receiver, will be probably one of the better receivers in the country. Uh, running back, I, I love that you mentioned Michael Wiley in that running back room because I do think it's underrated. The offensive line overall was the weakest part of their offensive unit as a whole last year. I th They do return a lot from it, but that doesn't necessarily make it a good thing. Um, I think a lot of Delora's mistakes last year were actually because of the offensive line. He had, he had to get rid of the ball maybe a little quicker than he wanted to because he knew he was going to take a shot or take a, take a hit. It, it's always good to have experience, but like you said, like the, the depth is going to be an issue for them, uh, at least on that front. Yeah. Again, it, it's a tough situation because you don't want to, Again, if you're a team like Arizona, you don't want to bring in guys in the transfer portal um, and in a way kind of get rid of that depth because then guys who are in your program transfer out. Uh, it's a really slippery slope there. And, and I guess we'll see on the offensive line. Um, I mean, Jed Fish, I believe, has has an offensive line background, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So like, we'll see if they can make some steps because they, they were young last year too. Yeah, um, they, they were. But that's something we're going to look out for. Now, to kind of wrap it up like we always do, uh, season outlook, the Vegas win total is at, what was it, three and a half, four and a half? Uh, four and a half. Four and a half, Jonathan. What are you, what are you looking at here uh, for the win total? Like I said, I don't believe that the four and a half number actually speaks to the team's talent level. It more speaks to their schedule. I'm going to go under here just because, like, I always say that, like, you want the games that you know you're going to lose on the road and you want the games you you have a chance in at home if you're like a team like Arizona. Well, the four worst teams they play in the Pac-12 are Stanford, Washington State, Colorado, and then Arizona State in the, the Territorial Cup at the end of the year. Um, Three of those games for Arizona are – or sorry, excuse me, all four of those games for Arizona are on the road. So they get a lot of the harder teams, the top, the upper echelon of the Pac-12 at home. 
and they have to, they have their toss up games on the road. So yeah. they have two probably sure wins against NAU and UTEP and NodCon. After that, asking them to get three of those road games, maybe two and up an upset, like that's a lot. That's a tough hill to climb. Well, also they they don't play Cal. No, they don't. So I mean that that's automatically like something you don't want to see. Um, I mm. personally like. I, I think they can win um, five games this season. Uh, I, I think they beat again like UTEP and Northern Arizona. I think they beat Stanford. I think they beat Colorado. That's four. And I think they they take down in an upset one of these one of these better teams. Like now, I don't know if they catch Mississippi State. Um, Kind of as as like a second second week of the season, um, because I do think their offense like that's going to be a great game. By the way, uh, like here, the thing about that game with Arizona is Miss State obviously is not running the air raid anymore. It's a new system, yeah. um, new co- new head coach. So if Arizona can just go out and score against these guys, um that might be a problem for Miss State. My only concern with that game is Miss State last year against the teams that had a bad offensive line, they just kind of pass rushed them to death. Like they did it against Arizona last year. They did it against Kentucky, who was the worst offensive line in the SEC. That's my only concern is, is Miss State just going to do the same thing and just pass rush Arizona to death? Yeah, but I think like if you're going to play like one of these tough power five non-con matchups, like I think you want Mississippi State. Because you really don't know what you're gonna get, um, right? Like, like co- coaching change, they like they're similar in the way that, that Arizona had transfer portal stuff. Like Mississippi State also had that that sort of thing go on in the program. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, I'm I'm not so sure that Arizona loses that that second game. And then I mean, if, even if they do lose that, I think they can beat one of Wazoo, Oregon State, UCLA. Um, I think it's certainly possible. Obviously, like they went to UCLA last year and. And one. So if you're asking them to, I still think it's a lot to ask them to win two of those road games and then go like at home, obviously upset one of these, these teams, but like who's to say that they don't just outscore one of them because they did it last year. Yeah. Okay. There you had it. I think that's going to wrap up our Arizona episode. Uh, Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for the next one of the pack 12.